Here I go again Same old bar, same old friends It's just my place for security Place I call friends like you and me Here I go again Hello everybody, welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show podcast. We are coming to you live, recording live, here at the Full Circle Book Co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, the best little city in America. We are at 123 West 10th Street, and the fine people here at the Full Circle Book Co-op have allowed us to pop in here every Tuesday night, uh, right before public input. Well, what formerly known as public input, now known as uh, City Council Bingo where we have a rousing game of uh, bingo as dictated by comments and uh, uh, actions by the city council uh, whenever they're uh, meeting. We put them up on the big screen here and we, uh, we make fun of them and throw stuff at them. So stop by any time. Uh, and I'm very happy to have with us today, uh, my guest today is Bruce Danielson. And we're gonna talk more with Bruce here in just a minute. You'll know Bruce as uh, one of the uh, regular commenters on public opinion, the uh, uh, Gadfly is maybe not the best. But City I love Hall, Gadfly. City Hall watcher, watcher, advocate, uh, activist, uh, Bruce Danielson. We'll talk about what he's got going on, which is big news. Um, and uh, but I, first, I want to mention that we do have a sponsor for this program, Bruce. This is not, this is not your average sort of homegrown, out of the basement podcast. This is a professional operation. We have sponsors. We have a well, we have a sponsor. Cool. I guess we could count full circle as a sponsor in that they let us stay here. So that is sponsorship a good start. of a kind. But no, ladies and gentlemen, Northview Bait and Tackle is the sponsor of this program. Your source for bait, live bait, uh, tackle, uh, propane, propane accessories, U-Haul, storage, and high-end cat food and dog food. So if you need any of those things, you want to go to Northview Bait and Tackle. It's up there on North Kiwanis right by Russell Street across from Elmwood Park to find the cyclocross park. And when you really need good quality fishing line I go in there and I and I get it so that I can f- fix things that w- I want to keep together ah you're not fishing with it oh you're no just, I have but I, that's yeah, how I learned it. about it <laughs> got it no that's uh, uh proprietor Matt Staub is a friend of the program former disgruntled former city councilor city commissioner Matt Staub uh, is the owner of that fine place and, and that's why he's the sponsor but it's also where I get all my cat and dog food and you know because the world of high-end cat and dog food people is really kind of cutthroat. That is a tough, tough business. But I go to Northview because they have the finest selection of high-end cat food. So there you go. Got to have that. Uh, Got to have it. Uh, as I said, my guest today is Bruce Danielson. And we are joined by uh, uh, our studio audience here at the Full Circle Book Co-op. Always a good studio. The best studio audience in all of local podcasting as it turns out. Uh, it, that's, there's, no, there's just no debating that. No debate. No debate. Um, and so uh, Bruce is here. Bruce, you've got a lot going on. We're going to talk about uh, the revisions to the charter, triple check the charter here in a minute, because that's what the sort of current state of things is, and you caused another mess. But uh, uh, how are you, man? Good. Yeah? Yeah. You look good. Yeah. Yeah. You keeping up your health? Oh, yeah. I'm going through some hand surgeries right now. So, really? Yeah, I got to have another one on Thursday. Really? Yeah. Like, you, I, you don't need to go into it. But no, I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm a descendant of Vikings. Ah, uh, this is, no, I know this. Um, I have Dupuytren's contractures. Yes, I know somebody else with this, and yeah. it's a, it is the Norwegian well, men's disease. Yeah, it's, it's Scandinavian, and you can track wherever 
the the Vikings went back a thousand years ago yep. by where they left their genetic marker. So they know that they made it to North America because how else would Native Americans have Dupuytren's contractures? Interesting. And all the way down into the Greek Isles, into the Middle East. And so you can track this whole migration of the Vikings. And actually, I think I got it from my Irish family. Well, see, that's what happened to us. You, uh, my producer, uh, my crack producer over there, who happens to be my brother, you'll see he still has the hair. Ah. I don't have the hair anymore, but uh, that they we've got, you get it in the sunlight and it burns all off. Yeah, we we have the uh, Irish Viking hair. Yeah, you know because it's uh, it's it's Dutch and it's Irish and it's you know William of Orange. Yeah, who conquered Ireland, ruled Ireland, was a Dutchman, and that's why the, the Irish have red hair. Yeah. It's actually um, Dutch hair. Okay. So there you go. Um, but uh, well, that's interesting. So uh, is that why you often are wearing gloves? I, I, yeah, and. I, I've, I've been calling my Edward Scissor hands lately as those, uh, those uh, braces I've been having to wear to keep my fingers straight. Oh, wow. So I've, I've had it done a couple times on both hands. And wow. So that's what this little clip is for right now is to... That doesn't play on podcasts, but you're wearing... Oh, well, it's, a, it's, it's a spring-loaded clip. <laughs> Whoa, and there that, it goes. That Beep. just went on the floor, but that's, that's a right. good spot for it. All right. Don't and uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's to keep pushing back on my fingers. Wow. Cause it's cause interesting. Because the... Uh, the tendons are healing yet. Yeah. And so now I have to go in and because of the w- previous surgery, now I have to go back in and have another one to fix the results of the first one. Wow. So that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, big deal. So people, you're just sort of dropped into our world probably what, 15 years ago when you uh, were fighting city hall. Uh, right? I started, uh, with the snow gates in 2012. Really? Oh, there was, I thought, so didn't you fight a, uh, there was some sort of, you got ticketed, right? A nuisance order. Well, that, that actually, that? Uh, that all started about 2010, and I was trying to figure out why I was getting all of these tickets. And it was at the, the uh, installation of the mayor that started in 2010. Hmm. There was some familial situations that, that arose from that. So there, there's a... There's well, a, that's, that's backstory behind the backstory that yeah, I, I don't so, know. It seems a little... So it's really, it's really weird, but... but let's, let's, let's just talk about that for a second. Okay, so 2010, so 10 years ago. Yeah. Right, but you... How do I put this? You've been fighting with your neighbors over... And we'll we talk about where you live, but you've been fighting with your neighbors for a long time, right? Yes, I have. So I haven't been fighting with them. They decided to start something. Because you have, you've got like a 20-year construction project. I have a 28-year probably construction project, wow. whatever it is, 27. You've been in the midst of a remodel. Yes. And I took a, an incredibly ugly uh, house that actually, as I got into it, should have been torn down and replaced. Uh, it's one of those the houses that was built very badly in the mid-1960s. And, and through all of the people that lived there, I found out as I was living there that each one of the previous owners of the house came to me uh, because they'd heard I was rebuilding the house and they wanted to see what I was up to. And they started saying, uh, how do you get along with the neighbors? And I said, well, it's been a little tough. Now, this is from 93 till about... Last time I saw one of them was around 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. And they all come up with the same questions because it's still the same neighbors 
from back in the 1960s are still causing the same problems in that neighborhood that they caused back then. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, uh, it's a whole other story. Everybody that lives there has lived there forever. I do know that. Yes. I'm, I'm just trying not to give away your location. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So anyway, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an old, you know, mid-1960s neighborhood with a lot of people who are now hitting 90 years old, and they're still creating problems for everybody that's new in the neighborhood. Well, and be, my being there 27 years, I'm still a newbie. Let's, let's, be, let's be clear, though. You, you have some stuff. Well, in, in your lawn and well, I, I what I did, I don't have this stuff in my lawn that I did while it was under major construction. Right. But what I did is I took this split foyer tuck under and made it into an 1850s Chesapeake. Yeah, it's it doesn't look like the rest <laughs> of the neighborhood. I, I fell in love with this style of house. And so when you I just was, decided, well, that's not anything like what I want. I'll just make it into one. That's right. Is that basically what you That's did? what I did. Seems, seems like... It's you know, logical. Reasonable. And uh, I have, tens of thousands I of have a staircase out of the Guthrie Theater in it. Yep. A circular grand staircase. I, you know, and the columns and the, all of the uh, palladium windows came off of a tuberculosis sanitarium in the Twin ah. Cities that I helped tear down. You know, and things like that. It's, it's, a, it's a unique... It's a looking, collection. It is a collection. It's a unique looking property. And, um, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. I don't want to come inside, but what's it like inside? <laughs> Some parts are very nice. <laughs> Some parts I haven't had time to do the, uh, the, the things that I want to do. Yeah. And then you also have a life and you have to earn a living. Yeah. And so, you know, when, you, when I had the time and the, uh, didn't have all the extracurricular activities of the city, I actually accomplished a great deal and now I have to go in and and uh, better budget my time and be careful what I work on and so um, how do you make money I've been doing business consulting uh, business turnarounds uh, what does that mean well I've I've gone into businesses that have had problems and we find solutions to uh, in one situation, I took a business that had had uh, one and a half turns of cash a year, inventory, et cetera, receivables, and, and changed it into 14 times a year by just getting in there and finding out there's a lot of cash that was tied up in inventory and, mm -hmm. and so needed, receivables and figured out a way to keep constantly moving and giving them systems to keep on top of it. Real-time supply. Real time. Uh, I've written accounting systems where, where if we're on the one accounting system right now that's been running for a couple decades, and I still manage it for them, uh, we're off because of the half cent sales tax about a dollar and a half a year now. When you when you get done doing all the accounting, get it all done, mm -hmm. it's very exact. We know exactly where every penny went in that business. That's impressive. So, and that's you know about six million dollar a year business. Local business. Yeah. You work locally. Okay. So, so um, it's it's I do a lot of different things. This is bad. I my mic fell off. I, I mean, nobody <laughs> told me. I come on, people. This is a high level operation. So, but what is it, a business consultant? What is your core skill? I mean, what are you actually good at other than causing trouble? Well, see, that's that's what makes it good. <laughs> really does because. All my life, I've, I have moved over 40 times in my life, all over the United States. And, and 
everywhere we went, I was taught to ask questions because we were always going into a new school somewhere. We didn't know what was going on. So we were told, ask questions and get answers. Mm -hmm. And so that's all I've ever done is I just ask questions. If you notice when I go to public input, I ask questions. Most of the time I'm saying, why are you doing this? It doesn't make sense. And that's what I do. I do the- Well, it's why are you, why are you doing this, you idiots? Well, there, there, there might be a little tint of that occasionally. <laughs> uh, because some of it absolutely doesn't make sense. If you were actually trying to run a business Mm -hmm. And they keep saying this is a government run like a business. And I've never seen a business run so badly as the business called Sioux Falls. This, our city government runs really badly. And we, we, we uh, have contracts we never signed. We have land deeds we never signed. We have buildings that we never get a top put on them. We have, we have railroad property that never belonged to the railroad and we get give them $27 million to make them move up to the edge of town and we get even more trains. But that wasn't the city. That no, was that the was the city. That was the federal government. No, well, the, that, the, the federal government gave them the money. Yeah, well, this, but the city controlled it. You know, when it got down to it, we made a deal. To no get Tom Daschle, no railroad deal. Well, yeah, exactly. But we had some very interesting politics going into that. And Warren Buffett could have left that rail station downtown, and it wouldn't have made a nickel's worth of difference in this town for a lot of years. What you say Warren Buffett because he owns a railroad. Yes. Yeah. Um, Berkshire but, Hathaway. Yeah, but railroads have, railroads have enormous power to this day. Mm -hmm. Not as maybe as much as they used to, but still enormous power. Prob I would say You're going to have to pay them off. The only way, because they have, they have complete control over where they, because it's, it's vital to the continued economic uh, security oh, I, of the nation. I, right? I love railroads. I, so I will I. never, I, I fully appreciate railroads. I spent five months traveling through Europe on, on railroads. I love them. Every time I get a chance in this country to go anywhere and I can go by rail, I go by rail. It's I can fun. encourage people to go by rail. I inspect, in fact, a number of years ago, I spent two weeks in the 1948 business car of the Milwaukee Road, going from Minneapolis to Spokane, down to Sacramento, through the Royal Gorge, back to La Junta, up to Chicago, and back to Minneapolis. It was like being in an 80-foot Winnebago for two <laughs> weeks and not having to worry about driving. You could only had to cook and sleep and eat the pistachios cool. on the back deck. And so you had your own car. Uh, there were there were uh, nine of us on in this rail car. We were, uh, the owner happened to live in North Dakota. Did you know these other people? I met them once and on they, the rail car. Yeah, and they said, "Would you ever be interested in taking a trip?" I said, "Yeah," and so we took this trip. And Which, that's weird, man. <laughs> How long was it? Uh, two weeks. That's it. I would it, think it would take longer. Uh, well, you know it. Leave it up to Amtrak, it probably would have been. <laughs> so you just hooked onto the back of what? On the back of an Amtrak. And then uh, this, this train, uh, well, Amtrak pulled us, and then we would switch off. And at Portland, we switched with a north-south train and pulled us down to Sacramento. You can do that? Yeah. I need to get in on at this, the, At the time, it, to have that rail car being pulled by Amtrak... Uh, was a dollar seventy-five a mile? 
that racks up pretty fast, doesn't it? So you're going to the West yeah, Coast, but, that's four but, grand. But, yeah, but for for nine or ten people in That's true, split it. Yeah. Was it like bunk beds in there? I'm, I'm oh, no, it was the it was the Milwaukee Road president's car. So there were all of these suites. Oh. And nice. we had we had a gourmet kitchen. We had this living room that was sort of like Art Air Deco. One. It was I mean, it was it was the queen of Art Deco. You remember the uh, the old TV show uh, Wild Wild West? Yeah, they always traveled. There there. were some of those rail cars hooked on with us for a time. Sweet man! And so we got to go tour them as we're going down, and and it was. I want in on this action. There was uh, at one point there were forty eight of these cars tied together, and being pulled by four locomotives. That's pretty cool. When did you do that? Uh, That was in ninety three. That's been a while. I'm sure that's all dead now. No, they. I just uh, did the uh, went out to the website and checked on their trip they did this year. That's pretty and cool. So, so um, I love to travel. So your your neighbors still hate you, right? Oh yeah. Okay, that we get that out of the way. Um, why do you Why do you talk? Why, Bruce? Why you've mentioned it a little bit, like you know it's the worst run, but you're just you're just always there, right? You know, we have a square. We had a square on the bingo card for a long time. Bruce talks twice. You know, I mean, it's, you're always there, man. Bruce is wearing headphones. Um, yeah, I wore them tonight just for yeah, this. Thank so. you. Um, why do you wear the headphones? Oh, you're because you're taping. Well, no, well, these are because of my hand issues. I can't hold my, hand, my phone for a long oh, period. So it. I started wearing headphones, and then with all the safety things, driving... I, uh, you know, I'd rather have the headphones and it's like not a headset, deal with. It's like a headset for your phone. Right? Yeah, it's just um, my Bluetooth. See, we've always wondered, and now we know. Yeah. Um, but why then are you just constant? Like it's just everywhere. Why, man? Why? Why do I have forty five hundred videos up online? That too. <laughs> I think that's a corollary. Yeah, it's because. Uh, Part of it is just because I ask questions and I don't get any answers. So I go to public input to ask the questions because when prior to uh, Teresa Staley and Pat Starr and Janet Brecky, you know, uh, some of these people being on the city council, I would ask questions and they would never answer. them. I would send emails. We don't have to answer you. And so I once asked you know, Kermit something. He says, well, just come to public input and ask, and then they have to answer. Mm-hmm. And that's, that. Kermit is the one that got me started going to public input. Really? Yeah. Well, the, the, you're, we used to, back in the old days, we used to have a phrase, the D-O-K, the disciples of Kermit. <laughs> you and you are a disciple of Kermit. I always wanted to have, like, shirts, you know, like... Uh, uh, I'll get some made. Like, or like a, <laughs> a motorcycle gang jacket that was Disciples of Kermit with a little <laughs> the caricature of, of him in the middle. Wouldn't that be awesome? There's another Disciple of Kermit here, by the way, in the audience, so I can... I'm, I'm pointing at you, Scott. Oh, there he is. <laughs> but uh, that hey, would... Dance, have you ever seen his dance video? I was just oh, going to talk no, about no, that. No, no. We have, we have him that. rocking out. Uh, it's it's in the same video that, that I tied together with a dancing mic. <laughs> Stop it. So, so Kermit got you there, but you know what people say, though. I mean, it's like, they're like, give it up, man. Right? Just, just let it. It's just everything. Everything, everything's wrong. Everything's always wrong. 
What and, I, and you know, what do you tell people? They nobody ever says that to you, but oh no, but, I, the, people think that that I'm only trying to cause problems. Yeah, you're just pissed. No, I'm. I I have. I you're do mad have, as hell, and you're not going to take. Well, it that's again. that's part of it. Yeah, but okay. you know, we, you know, we gotta we gotta keep that up. You know, that we have to keep asking questions. If we are not asking questions of our leaders, then we are failing as citizens. You know, uh, we, we could be blind, uh, the blind leading the blind. We could be the sheeple, you know, out in the pasture just waiting for the next sheep to take us, you know, into the slaughterhouse. I mean, that's, that's essentially what we're down to. You know, and the, when our government refuses to come clean on why they're doing something, mm -hmm. why we would have a building downtown here that is being built and they don't even get the performance bond payments in. I mean, you look at everything about the way this government has been run, especially since 2010 when I started really paying attention. I, I just, and that's, you're it, talking it, about Mike Uther. Well, yeah, you know, without using the name. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was the mayor, so well, no, way, no way around it. Congratulations, you did the math. <laughs> <laughs> but were you uh, paying attention during the Munson administration? Some, at all, or, or, some. I was. Do you think was, that they are similar, or at, what I've noticed in, especially since we put the spreadsheet together of all the tie votes and all the vetoes that have been done in the succeeding years, you could see. When Hansen did 81 tiebreakers, mm -hmm. and a lot of those ties were establishing what became common law practice, became what would come into policy for the city council, for the city government. Those were the early days of the charter. The early days of the charter. And that's to be expected. Uh, when Munson was in office, he did 31 ties, if I remember right. And a lot of those ties. Uh, involved what are we going to do in some of these situations and they started breaking these defined rules that we thought were defined. Mm -hmm. uh, when Mike came into office all of a sudden uh, some people don't like it when I say this but we, be we became more of an authoritarian Operation. Yes, we did. Because no if Mike, if Mike wanted it done, if Mike set the agenda, Mike would do the tiebreaker. He would do the veto. It was whatever Mike wanted. His his vote was the only vote that counted. And there were repercussions if you did not agree with him. Exactly. And some of us, in the public even, didn't agree with him. And we took the repercussions. You know, I was hit in the back of the head, and they, he broke my tooth. Uh, he, well, there's some that is. I, I understand that's your. I, I mean, that is. That was your allegation. That is, right? and you know, I, my witnesses have never been interviewed by, by the. Uh, you made a by criminal DCI. complaint. Uh, yeah, it's still, and I can't talk much about it, but it's, it's, it's still. It's not resolved. Oh no. Okay. Oh no. We. I haven't heard anything about that recently. Well, so there's there's a lot more going on. Okay. As we talked about earlier, there's always more going on with me. So, yeah, there's always a backstory. So, I can't go into it right now. So there's so there's that issue, you know. Then, you know, then uh, I get a, I get arrested uh, right at the same time that I'm that I'm 
becoming very vocal. I've mm -hmm. taken the mayor to ethics board. I've, mm -hmm. done, I've done quite a few things. And within hours of the ethics board filings, the mayor sets up an arrest warrant to have me arrested. And what was the, what was the cause there? What was the- uh... they, said, they said my yard uh, was a nuisance. So that you got arrested for a nuisance. Did you get arrested because of a nuisance or because you fought? The, I mean, what was the, when they were, when they were it's, stuffing it's you a very, It's a very interesting, it's a very interesting timetable uh, that yeah, when you study is. the timetable, you see how the, and this is why I have, you know, the federal lawsuit is because I have... Which, you just dropped the federal lawsuit in there, but that Well, but it, it, it's known. You, yep. you mentioned it, yep, yep. you know, so... Uh, the things that I can tell you about that is my civil rights were violated, plus the assault. And that's... And then the conspiracy that goes with it. Anybody can go to the federal courthouse and read right. the volumes of paper that have been generated. You've publicly made the allegation. That's the yep. Right. And, you know, I put it into the public record. Mm -hmm. And all of the players that are part of it, and you know that's public record. Yep. Easy to talk about, easy yep. to lay this out, and anybody can go read it and pay the ten cents a page. The allegation was that you were that he hit you. Yes. And that also had you arrested for unfounded charges. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. So we well, can. Well, that's interesting. We can, we that's can. still. I did not know that was still going. Oh yeah. I don't think most people know it's still going. Well, it's quiet. Yeah. You well, know, it's they, a federal lawsuit. It takes, you know, 28 it, years. Yeah. <laughs> I told him 10. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be 10. Uh, food stamps. That was eight. Um, so just I'm making just vague references that people will be like, I, what is he talking about? Food stamps. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, uh, so. We talked a little bit about uh, uh, Munson and, and Huther, and why did, we'll talk about Tenhaken in just a minute, but uh, the Huther years were- um, Tumultuous? Tumultuous, unprecedented. Why did, why did he hate you so much? He's a man that does not like to answer any questions. Really? Instead of, instead of being in a courtroom, he has an emergency colonoscopy. He found a colonoscopy more fun than going to the courtroom to actually testify under oath. For which, for the, in the federal case? No, on a, on a, on a state case. Oh. That, which, which case? Your state case? No, on another one. Oh, okay. Well, you know. So, so you have, that's, the man, the man is a bully, and as with most bullies, there's, there's no real fight behind it. Have and you ever had any real conversation with him? I've tried. I, back in 2010, when he first became mayor, I, I pulled him aside at one of his, one of his whisk and chop sessions. Yep. And <laughs> Which is, if you don't know, it was a restaurant. Was the restaurant where Marlins is now. Yep. And I tried to talk to him about w this out of control court and the code enforcement system. Yep and tried to understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. And he knew all kinds of stuff about me at that point that I, I had never met the man before. Mm -hmm. And uh, later, you know, as I put everything together, I began to find out why. But, and that's part of the lawsuit. So, we, should be, we should just get that lawsuit and uh, Scott, you have, well, you have it on your site, right? 
So, no? Okay. So you can get it just like he's saying. Yeah, no, you got to go into Pacer. And get <coughs> okay. All right. So anyway, they, uh, so Huther is one of those individuals that I, I admit I voted for him the first time. That was before I knew Kermit. Once I knew Kermit, I go, I really made a mistake. And there's a, I don't know how Kermit would have ever been as mayor. I have no clue. Uh, I just don't think we would have gotten into a bunch of the things that we got into, and we would have probably had more listening and less demanding. Is it true that you were the first person to bring up the, uh, the wrinkled siding on the event center? Or was that? No, Rex Rolfing. Rex Rolfing brought it up oh, in the. Oh, because of his golf buddies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I had been trying, I had been asking Kermit and Greg Jamison before that if I could get the blueprints for the building. Yeah. Because one of the odd things that I like to do is read blueprints. That's odd. And I wanted to see the specifications. Yeah. Because I have, I started with my first metal bending when I was probably seven or eight years old. Wait, you were in a metal band? Oh, yeah. no, metal bending, sorry. Yeah. Like with your arms, with your hands, like strongman situation? Well, we had, we had uh, full sheet metal shops when I was a kid. Okay. And my father invented the heated pressure washer, so we had full, full uh, metal My, my father invented for... the heated pressure washer. Yeah. We're just going to let that lay there. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also wrote the launch codes for the American Space Program, so... We're going to let that lay there too, Bruce. I don't know. <laughs> For another time. Yeah, that's but a anyway. good podcast. <laughs> but anyway, I, so I, was, I used to sell roll forming equipment. So I, I was trying to figure Which out. Which is sheet metal. Sheet metal. Yep. And you put roll, sheet metal through yep. this roll, roll former, former. And it makes something that comes out the it, other end. It would have made that a very smooth, rounded building. Yep. So you had some background knowledge in the bending of metal. Yeah. Got it. Easily, almost every day since 1965. We were out there bending and rolling sheet metal and iron and, you know, doing all this work. So no I kind of had a background. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of little <laughs> interest here and there. And so I, when, when, when Rex brought that comment up, I had all of this stuff ready to go because I was trying to get answers. So then I started asking, and it was like I did a video of Rex and that comment, and... I started having fun with it because Rex asked the question that we were trying to get an answer to. I sat there one day by the building on a super hot day like we had here in June and July, and I, and I watched the metal move. You know, I live... It expands. Yeah, and you, you would see it expand, and it would pop, and you would hear it pop. And it was like, a building shouldn't do that. <laughs> Especially a new building, right? Yeah. And so I was trying to get answers to that and find out, you know, what was the specification and what kind of material were they using? Mm -hmm. and, and that's how I got into that situation. So then I started making all these videos about, you know, the Jiffy Pop building and everything else that was, that was going on and started making fun of it because it was really stupid the way they did it. And so the amazing thing about that, to me, being in the media during that time, was that that ended up, for some reason, the Huther administration decided to make the settlement and then make it secret. Right. And I think that that exposed so much about the Huther administration that people, maybe you suspected or other people had 
interesting, but it was pretty below. But the fact that he lied about that, well, and then and then it was it was revealed after we appealed it to the Supreme Court that he had in fact lied about it and had the secret settlement. That I think ultimately said more about the Huther administration and the mayor than anything else that happened. Yeah. Whether he hit you in the back of the head or not. Yeah, but he he would he would do things to people. I know of other people that he attacked. And well, in only, their not, offices. Yeah. Wait, 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 yeah. clarify attacks. Verbally and physically. There's and intimidation. There's a lot of verbal. There's a yeah, lot. There's of, there's a lot yeah. going on that is. There's a lot of. Stories. He's on hinge. Yeah. But but but. Yeah. That that's fine. I, I mean, I can be unhinged, right? But you don't you don't uh, take it out on. Well, I took it out on my brother for a long time. Well, but <laughs> that's what my brother used to do it to me. So it's that was that's that's brothers. So. But yes, so, but, but really, you know what you know public, what brought about the Argus leader. If you remember this about the Argus leader going and, and getting yep. the secret settlement, yep. is I had been fighting for the change order list, yep. and they wouldn't give it to me. No, it's all true. And so then we finally put enough pressure on through the Argus leader, Joe Sneevy, and you did a marvelous job. And then I got I got a hold of that change order list. And I'm going through the change order list, mm -hmm. and I see this piece in here about siding, a zero value change order. And it's, everybody told me that doesn't mean that means we didn't spend any money for that change order. I said that is the secret gun. Every time I audit a company, I look for those situations. Why would you have a change order for zero dollars? Exactly. Make Something it, I mean, is wrong here. Make it a penny. Yeah, there had if if it would have had a hundred dollars, you never would have. Noticed. I would have never paid attention to it, but because they did it as a zero value to an auditor, that is the first place you go and find out why was it so important that they hid the value of that change order. Right. It's and what we did is we flag. lost the warranty on that siding, and anything that goes wrong with the siding. So in order that we never will get paid for anything that ever goes wrong on that side. Well, we already made the settlement. No, this was before the settlement. This was in construction. And so I was pushing on why? that. And that's why they had to do the secret settlement. Why? What is what is ultimately what is behind it? I mean, now this might be speculative. So but it's public. It's 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 a public project. So we can speculate all we want. Right. We're we're, we're covered. Yep. So why? Why cover all this up? Why, Bruce? Because why have a zero because, dollar change? Because there's order? a guy why? sitting right back there, three people back that was asking a lot of questions. Why he gave me a platform to ask questions. But and, you guys are just a couple putzes, right? But see, that Huther could not handle anybody criticizing anything that he did. He was the most transparent mayor ever. Remember yeah, when he I used to say that? that? Yeah. He's he's the he's the, he and Donald Trump are the two greatest advocates for public uh, access and uh, open government in the history of the world. Yeah. And they would both agree with that, which is shocking <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when's the book coming? Do we know? I don't know. When is the book is he coming? Still, is he still a roving, is he still a roving TV reporter? What's that? Is he still a roving TV reporter? Yep. Really? I just watched it. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I, never watch, I don't watch TV. Unless the twins are on. Um, he finds the local hero in a small South Florida town. Oh, good, good. 
good. Uh, we are here with Bruce Danielson at the uh, Full Circle Book Co-op, your finest uh, conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe. In and all my the favorite land. bookstore in town. It is the best bookstore in town. And uh, uh, we are here with Bruce Danielson on the Patrick Wiley Show podcast. And we are going to come right back uh, after uh, our, I, mean, I have to endorse our sponsor here, of course, which is Northview Bait and Tackle, uh, where you can get your live bait. You can get tackle. You can get, uh, you, as my guest last week said, John Nichols, uh, best place to get worms in all the city. Uh, you also can get propane, propane accessories, uh, U-Haul, storage. Uh, high-end dog and cat food. So that's all at your Northview Bait and Tackle up on North uh, Kiwanis, North Kiwanis North Avenue, Kiwanis. just off Russell Avenue. We're going to come right back and talk more with Bruce Danielson after this interlude from Mr. Rich Show. <laughs> Sometimes when the men are true, cause they're not all telling lies. But who am I to judge the good and judge from the bad? I've had trouble standing in employment lines and standing in the food lines and even standing in the judgment lines. And I think we've all been had. sound a little bit sweet cause I am the naive fool I'm just asking for some forgiveness now that I found And we're back on the Patrick Lally Show podcast. We are here with Bruce Bruce? Bruce. Bruce. Just a second. There. Bruce Danielson uh, public uh, what, what, we went through the whole thing. Gadfly? I love Gadfly. Advocate critic, watchdog citizen activist citizen activist. Bruce Danielson. I have uh I first learned about being a citizen activist back in the 1960s when I used to converse with George McGovern and all yeah. those people. And, and uh, I always thought that was an amazing thing to do, was, was to be involved. I've always loved politics. I've always paid attention to it on a national level and on a state level. And I rarely cared anywhere I lived to be interested in what was going on locally until it started hurting me by arrested. not being involved. So um, right now, being involved means triple check the charter, which is three revisions to the city charter. Yes. Right? Citizen instigated. Yes. You're, you've got petitions. Yes. So you're bringing, you're bringing change uh, via the petition process, the, the initiative referendum process. redefining the responsibilities and the duties of the city council so you're going to you're going to take the mayor off the city he's not going to he's not going to um be the uh uh manager of this what's the the, um, the leader yeah it's got a name what is it the the, strong the mayor. well he's what strong mayor. strong no not he's going to be a strong mayor but he's not going to be in charge of the meeting right he won't be the chairperson of the he, meeting he won't chair Thank the meeting so that's if I won't lead the meeting. If I'm voice. the mayor, if I'm Paul Tenhaken, I'm all for this. Well, you know, just a few months ago, he wanted to get off the city council. He wanted to actually move city council to 530. Yep. He's looking for all of these ways that he can get out of being at city council. Because he doesn't really do anything when he's there. He occasionally breaks a tie vote, but it's not that often. And mostly he's just gaveling and listening to people drone on. Who'd want to do that? 
He's got better things to do with his time. And then he gets to listen to 30 minutes of public input that he may not like. <laughs> well, he's honestly, though, let's talk about Ten Haken for a second before we get deeper into the charter. We talked about it months and we talked about, uh, we, you know, the whole Huther administration. Ten Haken, um, I know you haven't liked everything he's done, but generally speaking, what do you think? That is a very loaded question because I'm not. That's the I'm softball not on this list. I'm not impressed. Why? Um, People like Tynekin. Right well, now. He's, he's a nice guy. He's very popular right now. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He he puts on the nice guy act, uh, but he has never done anything in in politics to no. to speak of. Well, he was he worked for politicians. Uh, he did things for politicians. Yep. Yep, and when we when we did the Jason Gant story, there's a Paul Ten Hankin side of that story. Sure. And so they, uh, you know, so I've watched him from a distance and mm -hmm. never had anything to critique him on personally. Uh, in fact, on the day that he was sworn into office, he met me outside of the Carnegie, mm -hmm. and we talked for a bit. And I told him I would give him. Six months to a year, I didn't care. I, I, you know, I'm just gonna sit back and watch what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you notice, if you can go back through all the times, what little public input I've done, really, since he took over. It's been less. Uh, I told him I was gonna give him space and watch how he does things. Yep. There, uh, and I am disappointed in a lot of things that he's doing. Okay, that's fair. I, so. I had a conversation with him uh, before he was elected about um, just the notion of people who come and criticize, right? Who are critical. And I think the thing that he is better at than Huther is weathering that. Nobody's, nobody likes sitting up there and getting drilled, right? And Huther would lose it and be recriminative. Recriminative? Recriminations, recriminations would flow. I think recriminative is an actual word. Quick, somebody look we it up. We can make it. Um, we can make the, it work. Uh, uh, I don't take Ten Haken as that kind of guy. Like personally vindictive. Uh, I believe he has individuals working for him to do that for him. Deep state. <laughs> okay. So, it, with the, especially since we're doing... We started out talking about triple check. Yeah, well, I, why would he be against triple check? Uh, who wants to give up power of any kind? Who wants to be told they can't do something? All he knows is what his predecessors have done. Mm -hmm. And so every one of these four individuals who have been mayor of Sioux Falls under this form of government mm -hmm. have pushed the envelope more each time. Just like the president. Yeah, and so... There's a reason why every 25 to 30 years in Sioux Falls history, there's been a change in government. Yep. Because it gets to this point, and I believe this is the 11th, 11th form of government Sioux Falls has had since it was in its inception. And what you run into each time is people are just fed up with the way things are done, the people that are in power, and if you remember back in the 90s when, when we went to this home rule form of government, mm -hmm. it was a repercussion from the 
horse and around that was done in the 80s, going mm -hmm. from the three-member commission to the right. five-member commission to throw the bums out. Commissioners having the city crews do their sewer work. Yeah. Things of this nature. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight up corruption. Yeah. I mean, we... There are a lot of things that we can go back there to. There was a prostitute involved. Well, not, you know, and there was a... It was not good. There was a, you know, the police commissioner that didn't like the public works commissioner. Oh, so yeah. then you then you ended up uh, catching the public works commissioner in bed with a prostitute at a motel here and down. Oh, and all these These stories. were the good old days. <laughs> so, you know, there are some things you remember about those days. Yeah. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Anyway, so anyway, we, so we, we needed some stability, and I personally like the Home Rule Charter concept. Yep, I do too. Uh, I don't want Peer involved in everything that Sioux Falls does no, every day. No, they need day. to stay the hell out. What we've run into is a situation where we have a government that has decided that the people shouldn't have any voice at all in, in the system. And it's very frustrating to those of us who, who like open government. I have been an open government advocate since I first got involved in politics, active in 1966. And before that, you know, it was everything that I learned about government was, was the, the purity of the first 10 amendments. You know, and, and, the, and the thought that went behind the Declaration of Independence. You know, and these are the things that instilled in me and why I became, a, I went to, got my political science and history degree. Because I firmly believe I got believe me one of them too. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes they work. <laughs> really? And, and I had, a, I had a, actually became very good friends with Doc Farber down at the university. I know Doc. And, he was retired by the time I got there. Oh, he was I, still there. He flunked me, so well, and I I decided to go do an unannounced you're internship. Not one of the, you're not one of the Farber boys. Oh, I am. I got oh, my okay. turtle. Okay, good. So I we uh, because actually I one of my other hobbies that I had was well you know about houses. I redesigned his house and and designed the addition that went on his house so that he could have his big Farber parties. Yeah. At in that house. Got it. And so he lived in that house because of what we did. And I was I, at that house. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I designed it. I did not know that. Yeah. You know, Bruce, our paths have crossed so many times. <laughs> and never hit. No, thank God. Um, so now you're at triple check. You want to, you want to take the mayor okay. off the council. Right? My, my first thing that's, I wanted. That's reasonable. Was my first thing that I wanted mm -hmm. was, was to go back to simple plurality voting. As yep. The founders had put in the for document. For the council seats. For the council seats. Which has been all jacked up by because people it, didn't like Teresa. Yeah. They were they were trying to find a way to make sure that that there's the like a candidate. It was the most ridiculous conversation I've seen in city government. It's it was a horrible and in a second reading, that should have been deferred so that there could have been public input. Yep. But they did it, they threw this in after public input, so that public couldn't have anything to do with the changing of the way we vote. That was absurd. Every, that, I just, there's just no way around it. That one, so there's that. There's that one plurality. ticked me off so bad. So you would take it back to straight plurality, not the 34. Simple, simple plurality. Simple plurality, not the If there's 11 minute. people in the race and one person gets one more vote than everybody else, they win. They win. I don't care. No I, runoffs. That's pure democracy. No runoffs. Nope. Okay. The second one, 
was the mayors going back to Hanson never wanted to be on the city council to start with. Right. That was just one of those things the founders put in and they have, they have found ways to make it work, but they hated Mondays and Tuesday nights. And so, so would I. So it's, it's I no fun. There are nights night. you're sitting in there drifting off. You're looking at your phone. You're trying to do something, <laughs> trying to figure out why am I here tonight? And then all of a sudden you find out the parks department is getting a million dollars and for flood damage and you go, why didn't they have any insurance on that stuff? And they, the parks director can't answer why they never had any insurance. So they defer it for, to get it to come up tonight. And Instead of just saying, we never thought of it, which is probably- Yeah, why didn't you file an insurance claim? Because nobody ever We spend millions of dollars a year on insurance and you never filed an insurance claim? Well, you know, bathrooms and fences? Yeah, but, but at least, you know, he should have had an answer. We pay these people in the high six figures, mm -hmm. you know, up to $200,000 a year for some of these people. And they don't technically, have- Technically that's a low six figures. Yeah, low oh, six yeah. figures, but high in the, but anyway. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And they have these staffs that the staffs of the parks department is, we're talking of probably in the neighborhood just for the management staff. We're talking about uh, probably $2 million a year in salaries and benefits. And they don't have a ready answer and they're all sitting there and they're all looking like, you know, they've got the fingers up their nose because they don't know an, a simple answer like that. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. The answer is we what never quality about. are we hiring? We're, we're, we're bringing in a, an IT director that flunked out of college and he barely knows how to operate a computer. You're talking and about Reister. Yeah. He's, he's not, the, he's our, he's not he's the IT, our IT and innovations Innovation. director. Got it. And it's like, so we take somebody who had a master's degree, send her away and bring in somebody who didn't finish his sophomore year of college. I put so little stock in college that I lost track of what you're even talking about. Well, I put a lot of stock in college and there's a legitimate he's a quitter. question. There's a he's legitimate a quitter. question. He's now, quit at everything he's, he's ever done. He's and done now well. he's going to be our, he's our innovation he's, he's director. He's done well in life. Let's not, he's not a failure. He's not a quit. He's a quitter because he isn't somebody that's no, a quitter. No, 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 but. He's building onto his house like Winchester. <laughs> no, you, you notice in, when you've hired a lot of people, you notice when people actually complete something or they're working towards completing something. We don't even know what you do for a real job without asking you. So how is it you're establishing the marriage? Because everybody has a resume. Everybody has a curriculum vitae. And if you look at this one, you know, and I'm not gonna just pick on him. I'm not trying to just pick on him. I'm picking on a, a way that we are running this government. We're bringing in a lot of people just because they have some kind of a personal connection and we're supposed to automatically be happy that we hired somebody because they have a personal connection without any experience. Did you apply for and or recommend a different person? No, but, no. The, but there were but other I, people. We, none of us knew that this was happening. He does this all behind the scenes and we never know. And so that's the question. Yeah, there, Most there, there are. There, in this there, community is not making six figures and is not getting their way through college. No, I'm. It's it's the quality of people that are being brought in 
What's and your the point, fact? Mac? My point is, you continually target people in your. They're public employees. They are public employees. Making public money. They're and they're spending your money. tax dollars. You, we're, we're not building a community no, or a state that allows for everyone to go to college. That's not the point. Not at all. I think that the, 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 the issue here is, is also um, there's a reorganization of government, all right? And that's, and that's fine, all right? And you can bring in people who are outside the box, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But the process of how that person got the job in a public setting is part of the conversation. That's and that's all fine, but then you you flip the script and you address that. And my problem with picking people outside of the box is because they didn't go to college. No, no, no I never said point. that. That's one point in this particular person's hiring. I don't think that that has anything to do with the the broader issue of how Let's people. Stick to the broader issue. No, in in okay. some of these. Let's stick to the broader issue, which is what we're talking about. And the broader issue here is how the Ten Haken administration is choosing people behind the scenes and whether or not they are qualified. Reisdorfer is an example. Now, he has, he has skills. I've he has been successful in life. But is that the person who should be in this job that kind of came out of nowhere? So we made up a job for a guy. Made up a job for a guy that he knows. Now. He may be perfectly suited to do the job that was made up by the mayor for a guy he knows, but making up jobs for a guy you know goes back to Tammany Hall. Then let's stick to that as the target. Well, that's what we're talking about, and it's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Though I appreciate your input. Your input, as always, is greatly appreciated. Uh, I've, I've never had a problem. There's no editing, sweetheart. <laughs> I've, I've never had a problem uh, hiring people who didn't have a specific skill. I've, I've hired, I've probably had a thousand people working for me through the years. And I used to do personality analyses. When I thought somebody had the magic I was looking for to do a job, I would hire people because they had something I thought they, you know, was there. And I moved people's positions around to match their skill level with what I did. So in coming in and doing turnarounds in businesses, I have used the same people just in different positions because I saw a skill here that I needed to, to handle this kind of a crisis. I saw this kind of a skill because I needed this person to be able to work with the, the staff in this area. I saw some skills. And in one particular company that I was working with, about 30 years after I had done this particular job, some of those people were still doing those jobs and they were still loving doing those jobs. And that's what you do. You know, there, and this is a difference between leadership skills. It's looking for people who can do the magic. But it just let me interrupt you there. Isn't that in fact what Ken Haken is trying to do. He, you might not share his vision, but isn't that what he's trying to do well, by finding people that, that he sees magic in? And, that's, and that is the question that we're asking, but they refuse to, 
to work with us to understand what is it you're trying to do? Having a slogan. And, and, and the issue here is, and it was with Huther, is not so, you can't worry about who's asking the question, you just have to answer the question. Right. I was shut down in so many press conferences and so many different events that they took me out of their media list just because I would ask questions. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of stupid. Tell me why this is important. Tell me why we have to, to spend this money. Tell me why we need this building. And in fact, that is the core reporting skill. The, then that is the core reporting skill that a lot of reporters are afraid to use, which is, I'm stupid. Do you remember, do you remember um, in Philadelphia, the movie, when Denzel Washington t says to Tom Hanks, explain it to me like I'm a, in third grade? Mm -hmm. That's what reporters are supposed to do. But that, but that, no, you, because no, you ultimately. not report to it. No, you, ask the question a third grader because would ask. You, because you cannot write about something. You cannot report about something unless you actually understand it. And what you will find in most media organizations, doesn't matter the size, doesn't matter the place, is that reporters are afraid to expose themselves as not understanding, as we all are. But the core reporting skill is humility. To always say, I still, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Whether you're a doctor, whether you're a politician, or a construction site manager, when I come in as somebody, as a reporter, I'm not gonna understand what you do. So you're gonna have to explain it to me. And if you don't wanna explain it to me, don't expect it to be right. When, when I come into a, a situation where I have to either write a computer software program, I have to do a, help them with a business turnaround, or I'm involved in a project right now where even registered engineers couldn't figure it out. And I went into the, I go into these projects incredibly stupid. I have a wealth of information back here and a wealth of different things that I've done, but I don't know why this is a problem. And so I have to be that third grader saying, I don't understand. Why is this important? And why is this going wrong? And so that's and so here we are with city government. That's right. And, so and I'm the third question, grader asking You ask a question, how come this wasn't insured? And this is and and you know, I like Paul Tenhicken. I actually I think he's doing a pretty good job. He has he has some slip ups, right? Um, I think he's trying to do things differently in a in a in a large measure, and that's gonna cause problems and you're gonna make mistakes. You have to own your mistakes, live above the line of accountability, and say, This is what we're trying to do. The problem with any government, and this is, this is true everywhere, and it's true with the, your natural inclination as a human being, is to not want to admit you've done something wrong and not want to have to explain yourself. I hate explaining myself. But when you are a mayor, when you're a governor, when you are any of these things, you have to explain yourself over and over and over, and you can't get pissed because the person who asked the question is somebody you don't like. Now, that's true in Sioux Falls, and it's particularly true in South Dakota where the state of South Dakota won't answer any questions, period. And that is a culture that we have developed in this state that allows governor, mayors like Mike Huther to operate behind a cloud. And until we change that broader culture, we will never learn. So Bruce has taken a bullet, and you know, Bruce, God bless you, but sometimes- Some of them have hurt. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's not about who's asking the question. 
I've been was a reporter for a long time, and the question is, why do you want to know it? It doesn't matter why I want to know it. I just want to know. And if you can't answer it, then we have a problem. That's true. Which brings us back to triple check. Let me go through the last what is major. The, the last piece. The last piece is having supermajority for bonding. Now, when we were putting this See, thing. See, I'm not sure about that. Oh, I, the. Uh, we'll never get anything done. No, no, it's called consensus building. And that's what we are lacking. We are lacking any leadership on the city council that is a consensus building leadership. Because we are a city government of 180 some thousand people that is sitting out here looking to this government to do something consistent and with some kind of leadership. And if we have a, uh, a eight member council and a mayor sitting there and they only have to have the four for a tie so the mayor can break the tie, we're gonna have more event centers in the wrong location. We're gonna have uh, parking ramps to nothing. We're gonna have swimming pools that aren't in the right spot on, on government land. And we're gonna have uh, office buildings that the heating and air conditioning system doesn't even work. Because somebody broke a tie or broke a veto and never built any consensus to get the job done. We didn't work together to sell it. We didn't. We weren't open so more people could have a conversation. And in that example, and I just had this conversation a little while ago, it's one of my favorite when it comes to supermajorities. Currently, we have supermajority for any vacations. In other words, a street vacation has to yep, have yep. six individuals. We had a situation recently over by the VA with the LifeScape building over there yep. where oh. they wanted Elmwood Avenue. Easy, and, easy, and that's somebody in the crowd here. That's so good. Keep going. Because, and there were the three individuals who said something's not right. Something doesn't feel right. We aren't, there's something wrong here if the neighborhood is so against it. And so it went before the city council several times. And finally, it was decided by LifeScape and the neighbors and the city, let's figure out a way to have some kind of a solution where everybody loses so everybody's equal. And we ended up with what I think is the best solution to that situation right now. And that is what happened. We finally got everybody on the city council because they were forced to work together to try and help LifeScape. And I am a LifeScape fanatic. I have a sister who's been with LifeScape uh, off and on uh, for 53 years. And so I really believe in LifeScape and what they're doing. And I'm her guardian and I try to do what I can. And I really wanted LifeScape because she actually spent part of her childhood in that building. And I know a lot of the issues that go on with that building going back from the 1960s. And so I I really believe we have to work with these people. We have to make it safe. I you know, the whole mission there is I believe in it. Uh, but we had to find a way to make it work with the people that have invested in their homes and they love their neighborhoods. And, and we know that we're a car-centric society, so we have to figure out a way to make the cars safe for everybody to be around. So 
it was a it was a delicate issue not unlike bonding because bonding becomes a, 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 a situation where we need to have consensus mm -hmm. and we need to be able to figure out, out a way to work together bruce city council is about to start in two minutes so city council bingo is about to start in two minutes this has been fascinating triple check will be your circulating petitions now we didn't get into the whole controversy because that's boring so uh, people can read all about that. Uh, there'll be, the there'll be a lot others. coming up in the, in yeah. the not so too distant we'll, future. We'll be following here. Um, I'll be glad thank, to come back and actually you, talk about thank that. Thank you very much for coming down to the Full Circle Book Co-op. And uh, your, your left-leaning, ah, geez, your conservative communist left-leaning libertarian bookstore and cafe, uh, sponsored by Northview Bait and Tackle, your uh, best source for live bait uh, and dead tackle and, and good fishing line good fishing line so uh bruce thank you very much for coming thanks for asking we will be back here next tuesday with another edition of the patrick lally show podcast bye-bye
So 